It isn't easy being green Having to spend each day the color of the leaves When I think it might be nicer Being gold or red or yellow Or something much more colorful like that It isn't easy being green It seems you blend in with so many ordinary things And people tend to pass you over Cause you're not standing out Like flashy sparkles on the water Or stars in the sky Hello and welcome to the Jazz Podcast. My name is Tara Minton and today I am talking with Swedish jazz singer and composer Clara Green. Welcome! Hey, hey. thank you. It's so nice to be here. Yes! We're actually sitting on my sofa drinking really posh champagne, so living our best lives. Very much so. Okay, now, on the 21st of February... This month, you are releasing a new album. Yes. Titled Perfectly Being Green. Being Green. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's been a long road and finally um, ready to release something into the world. Um, very excited. Yeah. And very scared. <laughs> So is this your first release under your name? It's my first it's my first jazz release. I did um an EP of of sort of singer songwriter stuff quite a long time ago. Um but um this is the first time I'm I feel like this is my first like really mature <laughs> release when um yeah, I'm, I'm really putting myself out there this time, I feel. Yeah. Uh, and um I can't hide like I I've I've really put a lot of um a lot of effort and heart and soul into it so it's uh it's a st- it's a statement of sorts yeah yeah so what was the writing slash curation process of the the pieces that you chose to put on this record um it's it's kind of i think it's an it's an organic um concept i didn't set out with a specific concept so it has grown um into something i do feel that there is some some context to it or some some direction to it in that it's it is a debut album for for us as a band and and for me um as a composer in this way uh and so i wanted it to be you know sort of representative of 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 us as a, as a band and of of me as a as a vocalist and uh, as a you know lyric writer composer whatever mm-hmm. um so it's sort of a a bit of a snapshot mm-hmm. into into my inner world but also hopefully in a way that is is relatable like there's, there's quite kind of close and personal perspectives and there's also kind of wider wider perspectives uh and a mixture of that i guess it's sort of a reflection on um an urban existence 
in in today's uh, in today's world. How uh, long have you lived in London? It's a while now. I'm like I I kind of don't like to say how long it is. <laughs> I'm not asking you how no. old you are. No, but you are. Though. No, but um, it is about it's about 16 years or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I've had some some breaks. Yeah. Uh, when I've I've left a little bit and then kind of been pulled back in again. Uh, yeah. But it's it's a while. I do. I I am a Londoner. I think. Yeah. Um, in 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 many ways. So it is. Yeah. When was the moment that you realised you were a Londoner? I think very soon, to be honest. That was my experience when I when I moved here. Was just I I really felt like I belonged very quickly. Mm-hmm. Actually, um, I used to have an American accent because <laughs> I was just like watching a lot of Friends, you know, <laughs> growing up in Sweden. And then um, when I moved here, I just switched like on the day basically because mm-hmm. I was like they're not they're not gonna like this <laughs> I just have to to stop this um and so I just I changed my accent and uh, and then I just felt like okay well yeah I'm a Londoner now yeah the time yeah. when I realized that I was a Londoner was yeah. at Piccadilly Circus and it was rush hour and we were all trying to get onto the Piccadilly line and this woman said oh there should be a special place for where the tourists can get into the tube and take uh-huh. as long as they want and the rest of us can just get on with it. Uh-huh. And you were like, yes. Yes. <laughs> and I'm not the tourist. 100%. I'm one of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I looked at her. I was yeah. like, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh-huh. And in that moment, I became a Londoner. Yeah, I can relate to that as well. For sure. Yeah, it's um, it's a wonderful place to live. And it's also brutal. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard. Um but it, I mean I love it. Yeah. It, it is it is a love story uh and yet all love stories are complicated, right? Yes. So tell me more about your writing what informs your writing. Um I think there's um there's um there, I mean hmm feel so pretentious sometimes to talk about your writing process. I don't have like one, one process that I always use. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think that there's a thread going through it. It's, there's a very clear connection to Swedish folk music, Mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, some, something that I've grown up with and something that, that, that feels a very, it's, it's a very natural part of, of me as a, as a musician. Um, a lot of that is very connected to melody. Mm-hmm. So like a, a melodic core is always kind of really present when I write. I always want to, I always kind of navigate towards melody. Mm-hmm. And often melody will be the the, the root kind of where, where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I will have other elements in place before. Like I, I will have some, you know, a structure in order to get started, I might provide a structure, you know, with like, oh, it's going to be, I want to have a section here and I want to have a contrasting section there or whatever. But, but melody is very, very present. So I think, um, and, and, and I also think I tend to navigate a lot in my sort of listening preferences and in, in my, what my influences are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm always drawn to, to music that has a strong element of, of melody. 
I really think you can hear when people write from a chord progression because the mm-hmm. melody is some meandering nonsense that is an afterthought. Sure. And how good can a chord progression really be? Yeah, I mean, I'm yet to come up with one that's that good. <laughs> <laughs> it but, might be possible, but, you know. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. all of... Like, we, we can sit here and name them until morning. Uh-huh. But all of the music and the records and the tunes that we love, even the harmony sequences that we lose our minds over, mm-hmm. are because they complement the melody so perfectly. I mean, this is music to my ears, Tara. <laughs> that's how I feel. But I don't, I don't think that's – it's not always how, how we're taught in the, in the jazz um, kind of education, mm-hmm. um, or the jazz circuit. Sometimes, sometimes I miss that a little bit. But, but also, it's, I mean, I'm, a, I'm a, a vocalist and I grew up singing in choirs and it's very, you know, I come from a very vocal kind of mm-hmm. – um, place and then it, it is different if you're fundamentally if you fundamentally come to it from a very sort of instrumental te- technical side if you're if maybe if you're a I don't know if you're a guitarist or whatever mm-hmm. you, then you've you potentially come to it from a much more sort of like I like to really get into the technical side of things and then see where that takes me whereas I, I very much came to the, I, I like, yeah, some, something organic first and then I, I want to learn something to understand what it is that's happening that I all kind of already feel, or yeah. but, you know, and I, yeah, it's just, it can be, it can be a bit of a, um, as we say in Swedish, it's a water parter <laughs> that parts the sea, you know, like, which which angle are you coming from? Yes. As in, are you coming to it from the very technical side of things? I'm just drawn to the, um, you know, the the, the mathematical side of it, the technical things like that, the really kind of intellectual side, which is so valid. Like I'm not saying that it's in like one thing isn't better than the other, but I definitely don't come to it from from that angle. That's something that I've wanted to learn and to understand better, and I have like loads of work to do there. Um, but I've come to it from from the other side where I'm just hearing it and experiencing and feeling like, oh, but that makes me feel something. And that's kind of why I want to learn the other stuff so I can get to the to that experience in a deeper way. Mm-hmm. But I'm not so drawn to the mathematics of it on its own. But you know what? Like sonnets are written in iambic pentameter and they have a very clear form. They're all written to that form. That's mm-hmm. the formula. Um, and the reason why we love Shakespeare and the reason why sometimes you read a modern sonnet and it just hits you is because you forget it's a sonnet. You mm. don't hear it in gada, 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 gada. You're just overcome by the imagery. You, you forget it rhymes. You, you forget the rhythm. It's, it's poetry. And I feel like that about jazz and I get really frustrated when you can see the cogs and you can see the clever ideas. If I can see the clever idea, then it's not a clever idea. It's just disingenuous. It's, it can sometimes just be yeah, lacking that little bit of uh, magic that yeah. that one wants to wants wants from art, you know. Or yeah, and obviously we learn our craft because the more 
vocab, V for vocab, Mm -hmm. we have, you know, the more eloquent we are, the more eloquently we can express these ideas. But ultimately our job is to be artists and to express ideas in the truest, most eloquent way that we can. Yeah. That's very beautifully put. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) I had a couple of glasses of champagne and a very nice risotto, if I say so myself. It was very nice. Thank you. So I was telling my dad yesterday about um, the fact that we studied together at the Guildhall. Indeed. And after one particularly gruelling harmony class on a Tuesday morning, the two of us decided to take ourselves to the pub before before going to improv class in the afternoon. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A wise decision. It was a wise decision, <laughs> and that was when a, a, a lifelong friendship was born. I yeah. thought, this woman... <laughs> And I are going to be friends for a long time. And here we are. Here we are, <laughs> yeah. talking about your beautiful album. Now, speaking of the fact that you are uh, from another place, your band is Andrea Dibiazzi. Dibiazzi, yeah. Dibiazzi. Riccardo Chiaberta. Si. And, oh, you've also got guesting Harry Cristales. Oh, I've forgotten. Bruno Heinen. Heinen, yeah. So you have an Italian band. Uh, it's um, the quartet uh, is fifty percent Italian, mm-hmm. uh, and um, one quarter Swedish mm-hmm. uh, and one quarter English, I suppose. Um, Who's English? It's Bruno's English. Bruno's um, English, but with not with English parents. But yeah, uh, for with yeah. a name like Bruno. Brilliant. And Harry is Harry is English. Um, He's on guitar, guesting Har- on guitar. Yes. Harry Christellis on guitar, and um, and then we have Abby Adams on violin, and Abby also from from our our days of um, of Guildhall. Indeed, um, on and the she's violin. from America. She's American, yeah. She's from Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yeah. She's a wonderful violinist and vocalist, and now um, studio engineer. She's a, a very talented, uh, very talented individual. Yeah. Very versatile. I'm very impressed with her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So you have this amazing 50% uh, Italian band, mm-hmm. one quarter English, one quarter Swedish. Mm-hmm. Did you write the music for these specific musicians? 100%. Absolutely written it for them. It would have been an entirely different album. Like every nothing, nothing would have existed if it wasn't if it wasn't for them. I wouldn't have made uh, the album. I wouldn't have come on that course where we met if it wasn't for them, because I wasn't doing jazz for quite a while. I was a bit sort of disillusioned. I did my undergrad, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like quite a long time ago. I finished that in two thousand and eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, just str- struggled living in London and, you know, d- didn't really know what, what what to do. And I sort of stopped doing jazz. And then I I met these guys in a, you know, like in a, just in a social context. And we became friends before we started playing together. And, and then they, yeah, they, they just encouraged me, like, why don't we try and, you know, have a, have a, have a play. Let's try this. Um we listened to this album of a Swedish singer called Monica Settelund, uh, who did an album with Bill Evans, who, um, which I 
really love. It's a, called Waltz for Debbie, and it's got um, a version of of Waltz for Debbie in Swedish on there, and it's got another Swedish folk song, and then some other things. And it's a beautiful album, and we uh, decided to try some arrangements from this album, and um, without having any specific kind of um, goal with that, but it was just such a wonderful experience for me. I was super nervous, hadn't done any jazz singing for quite a while and stuff, and then. They were just like so, such great people, <laughs> such amazing musicians and kind and just wanted to make music, you know, even though they are so, so, so good. Um, and I felt, you know, like kind of, yeah, kind of like an imposter or something or, you know, like th- these guys are much better than me. And it just wasn't, it was such a, you know, such a lovely, such a lovely meeting of just pure, like, let's make some music together. And so it's because of them that I wanted to to continue with, with writing. And they've been so open to just like letting me try stuff and showing, you know, bringing, bringing things sometimes, sometimes very finished and sometimes not quite. And, and, you know, it's to be allowed to be vulnerable and um and just feel really held i suppose and you know accepted and uh seen but like you know not in a i'm 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 sort of not not needing to seek their validation mm-hmm. because it actually feels much more safe if that makes sense like i i i you know i appreciate their time and effort and um dedication to to the to the project but but ultimately it feels just quite effortless you know if it, it feels quite um yeah just like honest you know it's a really um sincere connection i think that i'm very grateful for that sounds like the most ideal environment to become an artist within yeah yeah I think that's that's what it has that's what it has been mm-hmm. um and I feel very lucky that um yeah so I wouldn't have I wouldn't have done the album if it wasn't for them I wouldn't have written the the, the music for the album if it wasn't for them I've written it for them to play I've written it with the you know because I, I know what they sound like I, I can imagine and then always like they always make it even better than I imagined <laughs> yeah of course you know <laughs> of course uh, so yeah how it's... does it feel to hear the music that you heard in your head played by musicians that you admire I think it's a uh, the biggest privilege yeah you know um yeah it's very special I feel very grateful for for it um and then you know it's just it's just music it's not i don't have any you know i don't have any ideas of of my music changing the landscape <laughs> like it's just something that i've made i really hope people want to listen to it i'm really happy that i got to do it and and uh i'm proud of it um but it doesn't need to be more than just like has been a you know a beautiful experience doing it and um you know i yeah it feels like it, it was something real 
Um, and then I hope some people will like it, you know. So we're going to listen now to a piece called Garden Rebellion. Before we, we listen to just a snippet, can you tell us a little bit about this? Yeah, so I um, I started, I, I had this piece in mind for quite a long time where I wanted to to write actually at first it was going to be about a community garden uh, in in Hackney, um, which there, there were quite a lot of these kind of uh, efforts in in the borough of Hackney where I used to live um, for a long time. Um, and they are like really nice. It's really something really nice about a community garden, but it's also kind of a bit smug, like it's, it's a bit annoying as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I started just imagining what if, if the plants were to kind of rise up against these uh, annoying kind of hipstery people who think that they can control nature and just be like, um, yeah. And then it just ended up not being about that at all. Actually, it's more about just, it's a, it's about a plant based revolution <laughs> where the plants kind of take over from the humans because we've um, just ruined everything and, um, and kind of, admitting that I'm as bad as everyone else and that like, what, what, you know, what are we going to do? Because it's such a weird situation that we're facing with, with them, um, you know, constantly being bombarded with facts that we can't ignore about how, how bad things yeah. are getting um, with this planet. Uh, and like, what, what do we do with it? You know, it's kind of about that, just feeling, feel, feeling a bit hopeless and, uh, but still wanting to talk about it, but not really know what to say about it. So just like, yeah, we're probably, it's probably going to end. Do you know what I mean? Like we're probably going to lose at some point and we'll probably deserve it, you know. Great. (laughs) Let's, Let's listen to a little bit of Garden Rebellion. They're coming for you and taking over Been plotting how to grow their way to you Hunt you down, say to you, we're coming for all of you. This land is for the many, not the few. They have been too smug to face it, too pleased and too complacent all the Amazing. <laughs> so the launch is on the 21st of February at the 606, which yeah. our listeners will be well familiar with. Um, obviously, you can buy tickets on the 606 website and you have your website, which is? Uh, claragreenmusic.com. Claragreenmusic.com. Fantastic. Um, will you have Bruno, Andrea, Ricardo, Harry and Abby playing with you? Abby won't be there, sadly. Um but Bruno, Andrea, Ricardo, and Harry will be brilliant, and my mum, uh, and <laughs> and my brother. So you from know. Sweden, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Amazing. Well, definitely come to see Clara's mum. Is mm-hmm. is the album being released on that day or? It's being released on the Friday before. So it's Brilliant. actually coming out on the 16th, which is um, soon. Very soon. Very yeah. soon. <laughs> Terrifying. I have, to, I have to try and release this before then. Yeah. Okay. Great. 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 Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Clara Green, for coming on the Jazz Podcast. Please, everybody, buy the CD on Bandcamp because that is the best way to support independent artists. Please go to Clara's launch at the 606 on the 21st of February. If not for Clara, then just to meet her mum. Yeah. And best of luck with the launch. I can't wait to come see you at a gig very, very soon. Thank you so much. Since green is all there is to be, It could make you wonder why But why wonder, why wonder I'm green And it'll do fine It's beautiful And I think it's how I want to be Green